What's really good? It's your boy Jack Spade, and you've tuned into another edition of Hey Jack Spade. This episode right here, this is a ball is life episode. And the topic, NBA trade rumors. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking this episode is going to be about Jimmy Butler making that move from Minneapolis all the way to the East Coast. But no, 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 no. This is not about Jimmy. This is about Melo. And I'm not talking about the high school player. I'm talking about Carmelo Anthony. Now, I definitely saw this coming. Uh, as of right now, it is definitely rumors. And, you know, it's not necessarily concrete. Uh, as At this point in time, it's definitely fiction. That uh, just a rumor that Melo has potentially worn out his welcome in Houston and they're looking to make some moves I saw this one coming uh, Melo at this point in his game excuse me <laughs> at this point in his career he has not taken the next step to evolve and it's uh, it's tough man it's tough watching one of the most prolific scores in NBA history uh, struggle for the last that's the last three years of his career. It's been pretty ugly to watch. He's not the same guy. Uh, he's been put on teams that don't necessarily fit his style of play. And it's been tough. It's been a lot of bad basketball. Uh, in this particular situation, I definitely didn't see the, the Rockets and Mello fitting. Uh, the main reason, Mike Danantoni. Uh, for those of you casual NBA fans, you may not remember, uh, but Melo played under Mike D'Antoni when he was a New York Knick, and the entire time he was a New York Knick under Dan Antoni, it didn't work. It was a very bad relationship. He didn't fit with the, with Mike D'Antonio's fast-paced, pass the ball to the open man, shoot if you're open, offense. Uh, you'd think it would fit, but Melo's game is its kind of a throwback to the 90s, early 2000s, typical NBA basketball, which is iso ball, let your main score work out and just go to, go to town, taking advantage of the mismatches, pick and roll, and let your main guy just abuse the other team. Uh, but the game's changed. The game has evolved. And a lot of coaches are playing with that that fast-paced offense because that's that's what's winning basketball right now. Getting up as many shots and threes as possible and running. Uh, and Melo, <laughs> it didn't work. The second go-around, it's kind of like a, like a relationship, you know. You and your you and your your partner break up, and then later on down the line. They're looking good. You're looking good. And you think, you know, let's give it another shot, you know. But you haven't fixed those underlying issues. You haven't fixed those problems. You get back together and bam, it's a nightmare. It's ugly. It's not fun. (laughs) It's not fun. And that's what's going on in Houston. It's not fun. It's very early in the season. 
but it's, it's looking ugly. Melo's game and Dan Antoni's system just don't fit. Um, a lot could happen. Somebody has to, to bow out gracefully and accept their role. Uh, and I think Houston is, is kind of invested in Dan Antoni. Uh, not just from the contract position, but because he's created a system that allows James Harden to be the point guard Dan Antoni's always wanted. Uh, if you check Dan Antoni's career, go back to his days in Phoenix, he had he had uh, Steve Nash. And Steve Nash, 6'3", maybe 205 pounds, not the most physically imposing guy, but an amazing ball handler and facilitator. And under Dan Antoni, they had the floor spaced with shooters, and then they had a supremely athletic power forward who could finish anything around the rim in Amari Stoudemire. Fast forward to now, James Harden, well, not even now, but go back to last season. They had achieved and reached that, that version of the Suns 2.0. You had a bigger point guard, James Harden, 6'5", probably pushing 225, 235, somewhere in that, that weight range. A big, physical, offensive-minded guard who can make those, those passes. Shooters all around the perimeter. And then you had uh, the power forward who just dunks everything. And that's definitely apology from Hey Jack Spade. I can't think of his name right now. My bad. But you know who I'm talking about. He's the only athletic power forward they have in Houston. And all he does is dunk everything. Uh, it'll come to me when we finish the podcast. But I definitely apologize for not remembering his name right now at this moment. But that's the Amari Stoudemire in their system. Uh, I think they gave up a lot by getting mellow. They gave up players who complemented James Harden's uh, offensive style and Chris Paul's offensive style. Uh, Melo, he just hasn't accepted his role at this stage in his career. Um, it kind of reminds me of Allen Iverson. And I could be wrong, but I definitely feel that it does remind me of Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson was one of the most dynamic point guard scorers in the league. And in his prime, the team was tailor-made to fit his ability. Uh, that, that year they went to the finals and played the Lakers. His team was full of uh, secondary finishers and defensive-minded hustlemen. And it fit because Allen would go off getting crazy buckets. And these guys, when they needed to, they could score, but they could lock their man up. Um, Melo, same thing in his prime. I, I don't think he really truly had a team around him that fit his necessary skills to accentuate his abilities, but he has some really good teams and they just never were able to put it together with him as the, the lead dog, the alpha. Uh, Allen Iverson, as he got later on in his career, uh, he, he just wasn't the same guy. And he, he tried to come off the bench, different scenarios, different teams, but he couldn't come off the bench. It was something that he just, whether it was mentally or physically or ego, whatever the case, he just couldn't do it. And, and, and Melo's in the same space. Every time you mention Melo coming off the bench, uh, you, you, you'd have swore somebody just said something about his mama, you know. But 
this is the, the fork in the road the Houston Rockets now find themselves at. Uh, and they're, they're scratching their heads wondering, what do we do? Now, you got to give it up to Daryl Morey because behind Danny Ainge, I think Daryl Morey is the second best numbers crunching guy in the league. And he will figure out how to get the most out of Melo if they lose him. Uh, the fact that Jimmy Butler now calls Philadelphia home, that's a, that's a, that's a, a bitter pill to swallow because I know they would have loved to have tried to make some type of deal to get Jimmy Butts. But at this point in time, we'll see what Daryl Morey can do because uh, the Rockets, they definitely went from just a couple months ago being the number two team in the West to not being the team searching for an identity because they are struggling. They are, they, they've fallen over the boat and they, they can't find that lifesaver. Uh, so hopefully they can make these moves and get back into the race uh, to, for the West because it is tough. You, you don't want to get too far behind and then wind up having to have uh, the best month or best, the best two to three month stretch to finish the season to just put you in playoff position. Uh, but we'll see. That's why I love this game. All right. It's your boy Jack Spade. I'm finna get up out of here. You guys take it easy. I'm gone. What's really good? It's your boy Jack Spade. And you've tuned into another edition of Hey Jack Spade. This episode right here, this is a ball is life episode. And the topic, NBA trade rumors. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking this episode's gonna be about Jimmy Butler making that move from Minneapolis all the way to the East Coast. But no, 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 no. This is not about Jim A. This is about Melo. And I'm not talking about the high school player. I'm talking about Carmelo Anthony. Now, I definitely saw this coming. Uh, as of right now, it is definitely rumors. And, you know, it's not necessarily concrete. Uh, as At this point in time, it's definitely fiction that... Uh, just a rumor that Melo has potentially worn out his welcome in Houston and they're looking to make some moves. I saw this one coming. Uh, Melo at this point in his game, excuse me, <laughs> at this point in his career, he has not taken the next step to evolve. And it's, uh, it's tough, man. It's tough. Watching one of the most prolific scores in NBA history uh, struggle for the last the last three years of his career it's been pretty ugly to watch he's not the same guy uh, he's been put on teams that don't necessarily fit his style of play and it's been tough it's been a lot of bad basketball uh, in this particular situation I definitely didn't see the the Rockets and Melo fitting uh, the main reason, Mike Dan Antoni. Uh, for those of you 
casual NBA fans, you may not remember, uh, but Melo played under Mike D'Antoni when he was a New York Knick. And the entire time he was a New York Knick under Dan Antoni, it didn't work. It was a very bad relationship. He didn't fit with their, with Mike Dan Antonio's fast-paced, pass the ball to the open man, shoot if you're open offense. Uh, you'd think it would fit, but Melo's game is it's kind of a throwback to the 90s, early 2000s typical NBA basketball, which is ISO ball, let your main score work out and just go to go to town, taking advantage of the mismatches, pick and roll and let your main guy just abuse the other team. Uh, but the game's changed. The game has evolved. And a lot of coaches are playing with that, that fast paced offense because that's, that's what's winning basketball right now. Getting up as many shots and threes as possible and running. Uh, and Melo, <laughs> it didn't work the second go around. It's kind of like a, like a relationship, you know? You and, your, you and your, your partner break up, and then later on down the line, they're looking good, you're looking good. And you think, you know, let's give it another shot, you know? But you haven't fixed those underlying issues. You haven't fixed those problems. You get back together and bam, it's a nightmare. It's ugly. It's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. And that's what's going on in Houston. It's not fun. It's very early in the season, but it's, it's looking ugly. Melo's game and Dan Antoni's system just don't fit. Um, a lot could happen. Somebody has to, to bow out gracefully and accept their role. Uh, and I think Houston is, is kind of invested in Dan Antoni, uh, not just from the contract position, but because he's created a system that allows James Harden to be the point guard Dan Antoni's always wanted. Uh, if you check Dan Antoni's career, go back to his days in Phoenix, he had he had uh, Steve Nash. And Steve Nash, 6'3", maybe 205 pounds, not the most physically imposing guy, but an amazing ball handler and facilitator. And under Dan Antoni, they had the floor spaced with shooters. And then they had a supremely athletic power forward who could finish anything around the rim in Amari Stoudemire. Fast forward to now, James Harden. Well, not even now, but go back to last season. They had achieved and reached that, that version of the Suns 2.0. He had a bigger point guard, James Harden, 6'5", probably pushing 225, 235, somewhere in that, that weight range. A big, physical, offensive-minded guard who can make those, those passes. Shooters all around the perimeter. And then you had uh, the power forward who just dunks everything. And that's definitely apology from, hey, Jack Spade, I can't think of his name right now. My bad. But you know who I'm talking about. He's the only athletic power forward they have in Houston. And all he does is dunk everything. Uh, it'll come to me when we finish the podcast. But I definitely apologize for not remembering his name right now at this moment. But that's the Amari Stoudemire in their system. Uh, I think they gave up a lot by getting mellow. They gave up players who complimented James Harden's 
uh, offensive style and Chris Paul's offensive style. Uh, Melo, he just hasn't accepted his role at this stage in his career. Um, it kind of reminds me of Allen Iverson. And I could be wrong, but I definitely feel that it does remind me of Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson was one of the most dynamic point guard scorers in the league. And in his prime, the team was tailor-made to fit his ability. Uh, that, that year they went to the finals and played the Lakers. His team was full of uh, secondary finishers and defensive-minded hustlemen. And it fit because Allen would go off getting crazy buckets. And these guys, when they needed to, they could score, but they could lock their man up. Um, Melo, same thing in his prime. I, I don't think he really truly had a team around him that fit his necessary skills to accentuate his abilities, but he has some really good teams and they just never were able to put it together with him as the, the lead dog, the alpha. Uh, Allen Iverson, as he got later on in his career, uh, he, he just wasn't the same guy. And he, he tried to come off the bench, different scenarios, different teams, but he couldn't come off the bench. It was something that he just, whether it was mentally or physically or ego, whatever the case, he just couldn't do it. And, and, and Melo's in the same space. Every time you mention Melo coming off the bench, uh, you, you, you'd have swore somebody just said something about his mama, you know. But this is the, the fork in the road the Houston Rockets now find themselves at. Uh, and they're, they're scratching their heads wondering, what do we do? Now, you got to give it up to Daryl Morey because behind Danny Ainge, I think Daryl Morey is the second best numbers crunching guy in the league and he will figure out how to get the most out of Melo if they lose him. Uh, the fact that Jimmy Butler now calls Philadelphia home, that's a, that's a, that's a, a bitter pill to swallow because I know they would have loved to have tried to make some type of deal to get Jimmy Butts, but at this point in time, we'll see what Daryl Morey can do because uh, the Rockets... They definitely went from just a couple months ago being the number two team in the West to not being the team searching for an identity because they are struggling. They are, they, they've fallen over the boat, and they, they can't find that lifesaver. Uh, so hopefully they can make these moves and get back into the race uh, to, for the West because it is tough. You, you don't want to get too far behind and then wind up having to have uh, the best month or the best two to three month stretch to finish the season to just put you in playoff position. Uh, but we'll see. That's why I love this game. All right. It's your boy Jack Spade. I'm finna get up out of here. You guys take it easy. I'm gone.